Hello. And welcome to Triple B. Today we are eating bibimbap with mooncakes. And we are discussing Human Acts by Han King. I'm Jenny Lin. And I'm Katie Futrell. We are, are the Book Bunch, Bunch and, and we're, we're doing, doing brunch. brunch. As usual, we want to give a little disclaimer about anything in this episode. Uh, general adult content, uh, we swear and everything, and particular um, spoilers and trigger alerts for this book. Uh, crying, weeping, copious amount of weeping. This is not going to be as much of a lighthearted episode, so if you're not feeling like discussing some, some tough, tough things, tough truths, this might not be... Might not be the episode for you. Mm-hmm. This particular book uh, deals with the Gwangju uprising in South Korea for revolution. Revolution massacre, I think, is. <laughs> I think is what it goes by for so, the most part, or especially from the perspective of this book. It comes with all of the associated violences. Brief history. Instead of doing our <laughs> traditionally, we we roll a dice and a die and. <laughs> That's how we decide how we're going to be summarizing the book for like, you. We've been doing this for like ages. <laughs> the past two episodes and in the future, we will be really <laughs> yeah, nice. for ages. This has been going but on. For... I think we've decided that once a year we're going to be doing a. I mean, it's fiction, but it's um, historically accurate fiction about difficult topics. Absolutely. I think once a year we're going to do this, and we will not be rolling the dice for the. It... For that one. <laughs> Really, that it usually leads to not a great summary or something that's kind of funny, and uh, you know we go back and forth or each do a word, and this is just such a sensitive more. topic. It deserves to be handled more delicately, and so brief history. And this is extremely brief. This is a much longer conflict, and all the things that go into it mm-hmm. is very complicated. But very briefly, May nineteen eighty. So not a long time ago, very much recently, there was a successful coup in South Korea. A man named Chun Doo Hwan had a successful military coup and took over the country, and they imposed. All kinds of restrictions, including martial law, very strict curfews and rules of behavior, all kinds of things. And this was occurring during their industrial revolution, as many countries go through. So there was a lot of things around work in factories and related conditions that were very poor. And the students in Guangzhou were protesting, found different ways to protest, and the military stepped in to put an end to the uprising, and more than 2,000 people, students down to young children, were slaughtered by their own military. So this book by Han Kane takes a look at that through a very unique lens, and it follows a boy, essentially, mm-hmm. and how Dago. the uprising is viewed of this boy's experience through his and numerous other people's perspective. Correct. It's a young boy, Dong Ho is his name, and he is one of the, the people who's murdered in this event. And yes, 
all the different chapters is a different perspective, a different character, um, how this death kind of weaves and intertwines into their lives and how it affects them. Sometimes it's very directly, sometimes it's indirectly, but he is the major through line. His death is the through line mm-hmm. of the novel. Before we go, I guess, more into it, the cover. We should, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Even though we're not doing the die, we will be keeping some traditions always the same. So I, I pick all the books almost on instinct based on cover and that's one of the reasons we enjoy this because as you may have seen in the first episode we didn't like the book and we like to judge a book by its cover and then be either (laughs) gratified or denied that (laughs) justification this one i think it was done justice i have my usual quips that we use stock photos but these are put together quite lovely and they have a lot of meaning uh, which i think is relayed in the book quite nicely it's very reflective of the solemn events so we have the it's a yellow toned book with the ginkgo leaves. Ginkgo tree leaves, yes, leaves. which is a tree obviously it grows other places but grows in South Korea. It's very distinctive for those yellow leaves. So they are falling uh, through the rib cage, uh, which essentially is Dongho, our mm. main, mm-hmm. main character, and it's topped by a bird and Futrell and I <laughs> love, love birds. birds. So it couldn't just be, it's a bird, it's Obviously, they pick this bird for, and there's a whole bunch of bird symbolism that does travel throughout the mm-hmm. the entire book. But this bird in particular, which is uh, got kind of a black head and a very very distinctive blue feather mm-hmm. on the side, and it is after a little bit of research, which didn't take very long. It's actually, a magpie. It is a magpie. It's an Oriental magpie, uh, which is the national bird of of South Korea. So, so very. very. Um, side note: I was reading an article from Audubon Society. I want to say people that live in a place where they hear a lot of bird noises have a happiness level that is equivalent to a eighteen hundred dollar raise. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, birds are a sign of happiness. <laughs> I mean, if I know, I love a bird. I, I love a bird. I think the I hear them every morning, though, and especially in, you know, summer, spring, obviously it's getting lighter earlier, and they start chirping at four o'clock, and I'm not, I'm less pleased with them. <laughs> when, do, when do I feel like I get the rays later on in the day, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like your general life happiness is equivalent yes. to, and they did some, I think it was related, like, you have people that have a lot of birds have more green space more nature and all this other stuff and the noises and the diversity the biodiversity hmm. but that's a fun little side note but i love it i mean i don't know why i don't know how we always felt a strange kinship with birds but i i have always felt that i've always been really interested in birds for as long as i can remember and i, I don't have, know have we ever talked about our uh, chem days it came up. Uh, I don't think we explained it very well, so I think most most listeners were probably, <laughs> what are they talking about? But yes, we used to, when we were bored in class, you would just draw birds on whatever my notebooks or whatever we had back in the day when, when we actually them, wrote on paper in school. So, and you would give them names and stories. Names and stories, and they, I remember a pond, like they all hung around a pond they did. or something. We That's kept like where the they one doodle really going. Yeah, one just kind of expanded and expanded. <laughs> always love birds can't go wrong with a bird can't. I would say what strikes me as a little bit strange not strange about this cover it's very peaceful to look at in a way it's a you wouldn't know just looking at this that you are about to be exposed to just so much but that is how she tends to the stories they are very because as much as it deals with really 
hard things, I never at once felt like I did feel peace when I was reading it. So maybe because it's coming from a perspective of a person who's come to peace with the events. I mean, that doesn't mean you agree with them by any means, but that you've come to that acceptance dealt with whatever it is that you've gone through. True. Another very important thing to note is for a very long time, reports and stories about this massacre where there, there's a lot of attempts within the government to discredit them and pretend that this did not censorship. happen. So this, this book is not only just extremely, extremely good, it's also an extremely courageous thing to have done right. on her part. And I would say the, the, the rib cage is, there is something, it's still off-putting, it still makes mm-hmm. me a little, especially now after reading the book, makes it's, it's unsettling in, in a way. Especially with some of the imagery that they discuss around things done to ribcages. Yes, yes, they're very descriptive, and and obviously the bird and the leaves are they're beautiful, and I, I think that's painted to there's obviously a lot of beauty in South Korean culture and heritage, but this is something horrific that happened. So I would say a very effective cover. It's true to the story. It really is. I'm not really sure how you could do much better for what. Which is something just. We have found we this book in its entirety. There is we have very we are just in awe by the whole thing. Not just the story. We knew we might be shocked by the story when we read what the book was about, but the way that it was done, we are just hundred percent like on everything. I've never read a book like this before. Me neither. Where I mean, we kind of talked a little bit already how there's different characters and different perspectives, but it's not even, that's already complicated enough, but it's almost like it's not even that simple. It's different written in second person, third person, first person sometimes. It's, it's sometimes it's a flashback. Sometimes it's almost like in the middle of a job interview. It, it does so many different types of writing, different mm-hmm. presentations. There's a little different, bit of poetry in there too. There's a little bit of poetry. These characters, male, female, different ages, different socio, so, socioeconomic like, groups. Taking that on in general is difficult and on top of that we should also note that we don't read or speak any korean dialects or languages so we are reading the translated version yes and it's very interesting for me to to think about so our the company that i work for is a global company just got a lot of offices and people in different different countries so and working in communications we do a lot of we need to get our information translated when we send out messages to employees and it's much more complicated than than you think because we'll get these translated versions back and have people within the company look at them to make sure it's correct because it's one thing to translate and it's another thing to translate for a topic right right i work in a very specific industry so you just want to make sure things are coming across and there's usually a lot that still needs to be changed so it just proves how complicated translation can be and that's just really baseline information that we're trying to share we're not trying to really convey like (laughs) <laughs> Many emotions are deeply rooted. Themes of yes. <laughs> and this text, which has been translated from Korean to English, which we we all know English is like a shit show. And <laughs> to go from something like Korean to English, I imagine is just extreme. And trying to convey all of the emotion. I think all of, it's, all of the messages kept... But we know how much gets lost in translation a lot, even with good translation. It just happens. It so has to. That keeps me even more in awe of how <laughs> the original text is probably read. Because right. if we are this awestruck by the translated version, how good the original 
has to be. Right. How much even more of an emotional punch does does it hold? Because you think it would have to. I'm not saying this is, as far as I can tell, it's a really good translation because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't feel like anything was missing or hard to understand, but it just happens. It would have to happen. Because it, it goes beyond just translating words. You have to translate emotions. You have to find us the same way and that's to one thing get I it did, across. Like, I actually did read the whole book. Like, a lot of times I skip, like, epilogues and prologues and things like that. But I actually read the introduction on this one. Mm-hmm. And that includes some of the notes from the translator on what she did and how she did the translation, which I, I actually did find quite helpful to know. Absolutely. And the same with the epilogue on this one. It is, it is a it necessary is. read. I agree. I definitely this. agree. Yeah. So, as usual, Kutra will bring us some questions right. and we will discuss, like we're somewhere between a book club and a uh, high schooler's English class. Right. <laughs> and we kind of touched a little bit already, but and part of this is going to be hard because I couldn't think of anything negative to say, but favorite thing, least favorite thing. So let's start with, do you have a, spin- obviously this book is tremendous through and through but do you have a favorite the favorite probably hard or favorite part especially since all six parts are so distinct from each other i mean they really are as far as voice goes and how they're set up and presented did you have a favorite i think my favorite imagery my favorite part of the writing where i think the writing came through really well and i had because i'm a visual person and so my favorite concept that this author had was in the first part when we're at the perspective of Don Howe's parted soul kind of exploring the world that he t- that she has this imagery of the souls like touching and the way that they touch in the afterlife and they know who they are but they can't really see anyone mm-hmm. and that that imagery was probably my favorite I thought it was very well done and I think that's the part, that's the word, the, the front cover, like that's what the, I feel. The bird, like that piece of soul that's yeah. kind of still clinging on. So the imagery of this book is deeply horrifying, so it's just a pile of, bo- you know, all these people have been massacred, so they chuck the bodies off and just pile them up to Take eventually them to burn them. grave and burn. And the, the s- perspective is from this piece of soul kind of watching this happen to his former body. Stuck to his body. <laughs> right. And he talks about the cleanliness and how it's. There's kind of a piece along with a. Um, like you're stuck. It wasn't like. Do you know what I mean? Like he had that kind of like. Like I can't remove my soul from my body. I can't go. Right. And. But like it felt like a physical stuck, not just like an emotional stuck. Right. I was reading that. And. More birds that is always kind of described as like a fluttering, kind of like trying to flutter mm-hmm. away, but can't. And I had never read really just anything like that. Especially, or maybe that was part two, because I feel like the beginning was at least told. It was in second person, but it was at least told from the perspective of a per- his friend, I believe. Dong Ho's friend. That's um, part two's the friend. So it is um, told at least from the perspective of a person, whereas... The next part takes on this new perfect where it's this That's right. this piece of so so it it's kind of jarring because you don't really know when you start a book that the perspective is just gonna change on you you don't know you don't and know this book does it quite frequently which lended itself to I guess I'll jump into my least favorite part <laughs> it served its purpose extremely well so 
Second person is weird to read because we don't read it a lot. I think it was effective the way it was used, but it was jarring for me and I struggled with it a lot because I, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners, we you put yourself in the place of the main character. That's what mm-hmm. you do when you read. And being put in the place of the main characters of these events is a difficult thing to do. It, this, it took me, what, four months to read this book? It took you a It took me a long while. time because I had to take a lot of breaks because of, it's not hard to read it's difficult to put yourself there and it required a lot of breaks and especially when they were in the second person i think those were the hardest to read i think because of that yes i agree that well the second person was right away Which is tough. I did come back later. I don't really, I like, I don't have anything critical about this book. I think it was the perfect vehicle to do exactly what she wanted to do. As far as the parts go, the second part, chapter two, was my favorite. I think, and this may just be because maybe towards the end, I was just emotionally spent. Yeah, I would say the last part where it's the author is it's her personal perspective Mm -hmm. because I think correct me if I'm wrong she has an actual connection to so Dong Ho is a real person and she has either her father bought Dong Ho's old house they have some kind of connection Mm -hmm. where they they lived in the same space or related in some kind of way and I just feel like towards the end maybe I was just tired and that part just resonated with me a little bit less than the other highly stylistic very deliberate parts you know maybe but that is (laughs) I keep saying maybe because it's just so good it's so good and so different it's like nothing I've I've ever read and you can read actually I ended up reading a lot of more history things Mm -hmm. you know researching the event but when you truly experience it I think you need to read something like this Mm -hmm. I mean other than going through it yourself right of course and I think this is a much better delivery system than yeah, like we did, we both we would go online and we, you know we researched a bit about it. And right, it's a different thing it's, to read about what happened than you to just read about the facts. Oh, you know, yeah, this is what happened. But and I think my other favorite thing about this book is the title, Human Acts. I love the title. Mm-hmm. It. I think when first of all, this was only 1980. Like we think about these this events right, right before we were born, basically. Right before we were born, these when these terrible, terrible things happen, I feel like we have an inclination, or maybe it's just me in my head to separate, or it's almost like, oh, but those people are they're they're evil. They're there's some kind of other. They're mm-hmm. well, that's how you. That's how history is written. <laughs> right. They're I can't understand them. They just you know they hate people. They <laughs> when it's. No, they're not. It's human. And these are people. These are people. Maybe not just like us, but these are humans doing these terrible things to other humans. It's not like... Why can't people just be nice to each other? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And it's not just, you know, they weren't just attacking and murdering people because, you know, this whole idea of just like evil because they hate love and they hate friendship and they just, no, they think they're doing the right thing. They thought they were protecting their country. They thought they, uh, you know, consolidating this power in this way was what they needed to do. And people are usually, they think they're doing the right things. And I just, I think the title just really hits that home and keeps reminding, you know, the 
people did this to other people. And when you're not careful, it's going to keep happening. And mm-hmm. this is, it's obviously no small thing that, that happened, this, this event, this massacre. But these types of things happen all over the world in different places, even in our country. Like, these things, not in the same way, but these kind of atrocities and these... It keeps happening. What's I mean, obviously, Israel and Palestine have been at war as long as I can remember, as long as we've been alive. But like that conflict is being heavily renewed lately. You know, people are being slaughtered. Like these things. Like I said, I feel like we have this idea of separating or thinking these things are in the past. These things, these type of horrible, that just doesn't happen anymore. And that's well, it's not true. And it, it does, and it keeps happening. And again, what a what a supreme act of courage to share this story, obviously, I think. I wonder if that's how she actually felt writing it, if it was courage or if it was just a necessity. I'm sure, it's both. Story. I'm sure it's both. And obviously, I think perspective on this has changed. You can find information now if you, you research it and they have a memorial set up now in, in Guangzhou, so... I think that's passing a little bit, but obviously not to not to be forgotten. And then as far as the book in general is extremely sad. <laughs> there's not, a, I don't think there's a single happy part. I don't think there's even one. So it's kind of... All my notes are like mortuary <laughs> souls. Torture, PTSD. Yeah. How do you feel about a book that is nothing but sad? Is it something, is that why it took you so long to read, do you think? Is it something, did you enjoy yourself? I don't mean to judge a book by having to make me happy, I think. Right. One of the difficulties for me is in the, the field that I work in in mental health, one of my jobs is to put myself in my client's shoes and after a day of doing that, going home and doing the same thing in a book that's also, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a lot for my mental capacity, so I had to space it out a lot more, I think. I mean, nothing else would have made sense for this this book and this story. It would have been strange if there was humor or lightheartedness. I, yeah. I don't think it would have been... That detracts from the gravity of it. For sure. I think I mean, there, were, there were parts where, that were kind of normal, per se, that weren't. Like when she's just talking about people in her office. Right. Someone's not actively being tortured or, yeah. or, or anything like that. But there's times where there's just some normal life happening. But it's done well to contrast with how people were coping after the events. Yes. I would say I, I didn't read this book. because So normally, especially during the week, I do most of my reading <laughs> right before I go to bed. Hmm. I did not read this book before I went to bed. I read it throughout the day instead. It's certainly not, at least at nighttime, I do want to escape a little bit more. I want to leave behind a little bit of chaos instead of go somewhere else. And this is not the book for that because it just kind of reminds you more about tough things going on. And I do think it's important to know these things and rather than shield yourself from it or avoid tough topics uh, but it's not something I wanted to read right before going to bed but I did a few nights and then it takes a long time to fall asleep because my brain's just processing 
I think you said at one point you were reading up on the author and she had a similar thing when she was writing it. Like, there were days when she could only write, like, three sentences at a time. Yeah. And I just, from a <laughs> writing perspective, I can't, I can't imagine the emotional toll and just the weight of responsibility you would feel so you you make the decision that this story needs to be told i want to tell it right i want to tell it well the level of responsibility to get things right but to get them like i said i think this is the best vehicle to understand to get the feeling to really empathize the best that we can obviously we've never experienced anything like this firsthand the amount of responsibility i can't imagine sometimes i have trouble writing just because who knows how to have writer's block that day or it's not flowing or characters just driving me crazy or something like that it's never because i'm like this matters so much and it's gonna matter to so many people and help as much as it could possibly help someone who went through this at least they would know that the story is out there dong ho's story is out there people aren't gonna forget just that i don't know how she's able to do it to be that strong to write this i was wondering if more history books were written this way if because the whole point of history you know is like don't repeat the mistakes of the past right and yet we we do it over and over and over again how about any favorite quotes any favorite quotes or favorite i know we kind of did favorite section or just yeah um, so when it came, again, the soul section's coming up again, <laughs> he had this one quote, <laughs> no one had ever taught me how to address a person's soul. <laughs> and I really like that one. Yeah. For me, there are a couple quotes and it was, it was sprinkled actually throughout the different parts, which I liked since they were so distinct. Obviously, like I said, Dung Ho is the, the through line, but there isn't a lot similar about the parts other than that but in a couple of them there was just these moments for example like when she's walking by the fountain like the fountain really upsets her you know there's been a massacre of how many thousands of people and they still turn like the fountain on in, in the square and mm -hmm. like there's some kind of normalcy to that or even like celebration oh yeah we'll turn the fountain on and like she can't believe that these kind of things are still happening or later on, and I think this was in the author's part, there's there's a wedding in, in that she goes to. I think so, yeah. And it might not be in the actual town. I think it was in Seoul, but I might be mistaken. But just the idea of here are all these people celebrating a wedding, and it doesn't feel right. It's like, how can people move on from this? And that, that was just really extremely powerful for me, especially... I guess just really simple things, especially. She kept coming back to that fountain, just like how much it bothered her. And that felt very realistic to me. I feel like that's something that if I did go through something like this, I feel like that would be yeah. something that happened to me. There's also, I was looking at my notes here, and the third one, at the very beginning, she says, um, now beginning the process of forgetting mm -hmm. and how people that have gone through this that struggle to move on and erase the trauma from their bodies mm -hmm. or one of the quotes that i wrote down was you know obviously like we talked about they just trucked away all these bodies and there was an attempt and that's actually kind of how dong ho got wrapped up in this was 
people were trying to identify loved ones and friends to... They were trying to find him. Right. And he was actually helping out, you know, helping... Because obviously they were Mm -hmm. trying to sort through bodies and figure it out. And he was actually helping and keeping record. And that's how he was in this situation in the first place. Because it kind of... The situation was not diffused by any means and got caught up in it. And there's a quote where someone is like, I never got a, a funeral for their life, but my, so my life became a funeral. And I was just like, that was just... Mm-hmm. There's just so many lines. And that's just one. And honestly, like every couple sentences, I would say I am a, I am a quick reader. I always have been. But every couple sentences... Mm-hmm. I did. I needed to like take a pause, which I normally don't do. Normally it's just like choo, 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 yeah. choo, choo, choo. and it was like a gut punch every couple lines. But it should be. And and it should be. Yes. Extremely effective and I I loved it and I really wanna look into I wanna see if she's got more because she does. I want to read. I think she also wrote the vegetarian. Oh, that's right. That's right. So we'll have to check that out and see if it's any different. But that's kind of all of everything that I have for this. It's a really, it's perfect for what it needed to do. I was extremely impressed and moved and I cried several times. I'm not even sure. I always feel Mm -hmm. like I cry at strange parts or just really simple parts instead of maybe the ones where other people or maybe you're, you're meant to cry. I don't know. Or it's just like. Eventually, I just hit a point where it finally boiled over. Like, it wasn't even mm. what I was reading at that exact moment. It's just, like, everything finally caught up. And I think I had the... I cried the most during The Factory Girl. I was crying from pages 170 to 171 when they have the... She, Yun-suk, she discusses her, her uh, rape and torture. Mm-hmm. That was particularly difficult for me. And I remember something that just... not really shocked me but just like the extent to which so the students are like i said protesting the the martial law among other things and obviously the police are there the military is there to to stop them and one of the protesters in order to like hold up their sign longer they like tied themselves so they're standing on top of a building they like tie themselves off to it and like jump off the building so they have like more time to like Mm-hmm. make their message before they get like pulled up and then arrested killed <laughs> whatever and that just i don't know i can't imagine having that much conviction or courage in a situation like that like knowing you're obviously you, you know you're fucked you know you're gonna get caught but like taking those extra whatever it is 14 seconds just to get a message out there it was that really that part stuck in my brain it's just incredible like can't imagine and that was kind of most of it was just not shocked like it was just it was just incredible one like incredible thing after after another i i, I think <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised that now we're on to recommendations and yes we <laughs> highly highly recommend this book well, i guess i shouldn't speak for you but <laughs> i'm assuming based on our conversation so my Told it. I took a long time to actually think about this, <laughs> my rating. Yeah. And I ended up with um, five campfires. Five campfires. Does that warrant any more explanation other than we like campfires? <laughs> well, that, but the, the danger of fire 
Hmm. versus oh. the beauty of how it was written. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I was thinking just something really simple, just like five of the magpies, I think. Just five magpies. You yeah. like did, like South Korea, like needed this story to be told. Obviously that's coming from our white girl perspective here. That is right. That's right. I'd love to hear if anyone is South Korean, their thoughts. Yeah, please drop us a comment and if you have any personal bits to share or correct our history if we got anything wrong uh please feel free to do so and we do apologize for this being a more somber type of this review. comes right after i switched our uh, category to comedy <laughs> uh but you know sometimes these are things that you just have to have to go through and i'm assuming you know the cooking part is still coming up and I'm sure I'll find a lot of dumb things to <laughs> say and screw up there but tremendous book cannot recommend it enough it's short it's heavy it will gut punch you it will take you a while to read just because it's short do not expect it to go fast um, as it should highly recommend please please read it so we'll we'll take our little break and we'll compose break. ourselves for we'll our get a tissue just <laughs> I'm just like, so it's been a while since I've read, read this book because it did just took a little while and now it's kind of pushing back. I did notice like this episode, we, we usually look at each other a lot. I know. I was like, we can't even. I think we can't. We can't. Okay. I didn't really look. Yeah. That's, that's a good I'm point. just like looking down to the bed. <laughs> I know. Like if, I, <laughs> if I do, I'm just going to cry and be a mess. So. So, yeah. so we're going to take so a little break. Collect <laughs> yourselves, everyone. <laughs> Compose ourselves and <laughs> start talking food. So we're back. Uh, we are cooking. We Here. are. And it's a million degrees outside. And now... It's not a million degrees. I'm fine in a sweater. You're just weird. <laughs> to be like... fair, it's like 80 and I... And humid. And humid. <laughs> and I just, I just took Percy for a walk. So being around all of these... Heat sources. Steamy. Hot mess. Hot mess. I'm stirring rice. Since this book was like it wasn't a fantasy book, um, certainly not. We decided to try some, from what I can gather, traditional Korean dishes um, Mm -hmm. to kind of round out our experience a bit. Mm -hmm. Which was uh, food other than Korean barbecue. Which I've had. I haven't had any other Korean, specifically Korean dishes. And personally, we'll very much clarify here that um, <laughs> these are going to probably end up being Korean inspired dishes. At the get go, we don't have all the ingredients because get. Oh, at the get go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's like that's not what the store is called. What about the get go. <laughs> the get go. We we are adapting. Um, the best we can. I think it'll still turn out good. So some of the the sites I used to make these, I went on to My Korean Kitchen and on to Korean Bopsang for their recipes to get them a go. So we're starting off, we already got the rice uh, boiling away. Um, and this is the bop, right? Beepin? Bibimbap. Bibimbap. That one. I may have said it once right this <laughs> entire time. For me, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of concepts. So, our main dish, the bibimbap, is 
a rice dish, and then it's got like a bunch of like veggie sides, and often served with raw meats from what I gather. Like the recipe that they had was beef. That's just like cut and then like marinated essentially, but never. Oh, it is sauteed shortly, but I swear another recipe I looked at said it wasn't. But we decided to skip it and we're going for a, a veggie option today uh, using primarily um, the mushrooms that I don't have out. They're in the fridge. The portobello mushrooms. I everything else from the fridge. I think it's in there. Yep. Yeah. So we got our mushrooms. That'll be our protein source for this. Um, so you'll need, we got rice going away. Yep. And then all the toppings. So we have carrots. Uh, they call for bean sprouts, but our grocer didn't have any, so we're doing Brussels sprouts. So they are going to be a little bit different. Bean broccoli sprouts. sprouts. Broccoli sprouts. Broccoli sprouts. Brussels sprouts. I remember I didn't even know <laughs> broccoli sprouts were a thing. So what, you just take broccoli and you just, or where, where is the, the sprout of the broccoli? It's like, like a sprout, like a tree sprout, like it's just a little, this is a starter. It's the hair. Yeah, so they're all the little babies, I believe. Oh. But bean sprouts are really hardy, so these, I don't think Brussels sprouts stand up to the saute, so they will just be tossed. So when you us. get, because we do eat at Jimmy John's, so you can get sprouts, what kind of sprouts, when you get them on your Jimmy John's sandwich, what kind of sprouts are they? I think. Are those bean sprouts? I don't think so. I think those are probably some kind of a... Onion, maybe? Oh. My favorite one, I, I think I do, our grocer has, my grocer back home has alfalfa with um, onion sprouts, and those, that's really good. I never get through it all, though. They're, like, really packed in there every time. Like, it is a, a lot, lot of, of sprouts. And... Yeah. So rice. <laughs> we got broccoli sprouts instead of bean sprouts. Uh, we're doing just mushrooms. Uh, it calls for shiitake, but we couldn't find any, so we got portobello. Um, we're skipping the beef. There is spinach, green onion, and we had <laughs> a hefty debate <laughs> over what, what was it called? Scallions. And Scallions. I knew what it was, if you can believe it, listeners. I was the right one. Sure. I knew what a scallion was. In but my, I think, in your defense, you were transposing it with a different word. I think I was. Or I think you were. I was going for these. Is shallots. You were thinking shallots. Yeah. Which, which we ended up It doesn't getting. mean you don't know what a scallion is. You just had shallots in your brain. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently I really wanted a shallot in this dish, so I also got shallot. <laughs> uh, then we got cucumbers, the little kinds, so they're really hearty and they can stand up to a saute. If you get like those big ones like you put on a salad, they'll kind of just turn them mush. Carrots. Did we say spinach already? Spinach. I don't think so. I think that's all of the... And then we take all that with some seasonings, um, so soy sauce, uh, salt, pepper, some oil. Well, the eggs. I forgot about the eggs. We do have eggs. So uh, how do the, how do the eggs get cooked? Do we just crack one on top, like uh, in ramen? Yeah. Top with an egg, fried sunny side up. Uh-huh. Fried eggs. So that's our last. So we might need the eggs too. Wow, I. I think part of it's because the book is still kind of sitting with me, but like, my brain is just not... There you go. There you go. It's consumed. <laughs> the experience that we had. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so Patrol's in charge of the rice. Ha, yes. It's not going to stick on my watch. So that's been going for a little bit because it takes like 20 minutes. Um, unless you're doing five minute rice, plan some time for your meal. Um, because it'll take a while. 
as we're doing Korean inspired for yeah, me. You can get <laughs> if you're like me, you can. And granted, back when Percy was having his tummy issues and had oh, rice, yeah. I always make him real rice. But you can get these fun little microwave pouches, which is what I do when I want rice. Yes. They're like ninety seconds in the microwave. <laughs> oh, and we didn't. We weren't able to get the gosari, which is fern break. Ah, that's right. We never, we never were able to find it. I'm sure it exists in this area, but I come down for like a day and a half, and we did not have time to explore. Probably need to find like an Asian um, groceries, groceries store, which I'm sure is around here, but I just haven't ventured thus far. All right, so, so we're skipping the meat. We had to skip the gosari, which he would rehydrate. We're not sauteing the bean sprouts because we don't have them, and we're just going to top off with broccoli sprouts, which will not stand up well to a saute. <laughs> so what are we doing? <laughs> so we're starting with the spinach. <laughs> okay. And this I don't know if I will like. Uh, so we're taking the spinach, and we're going to, like, julienne it kind of. Uh, so skinny strips. That doesn't say translate. Um, I know what that means because I've seen enough Food Network, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be my translator here at some point. <laughs> Um, and then it's going to get a quick, quick blanch. What does that mean? Throw it in some boiling water and then throw it in cold water. Oh, and what does that do for us? Or uh, the spinach, really? So if you don't put it in the cold water, you're going to have really mushy oh. spinach. Okay. Which I don't, I wouldn't like. Mm -hmm. No, that sounds bad. I think we're gonna stick. So when I was looking up the fern break, it sounded a lot like equivalents. The best we could would be asparagus Ooh, and like spinach, asparagus. like tips. So I'm gonna make sure to include a lot of the tips here too. We need to blanch a lot of stuff. Okay. We'll also need a bowl with cold water to dump them in after. Can do. Does it need ice? I've seen on Food Network, I feel like when they blend food, there's ice in it. Does it need to be that cold? Yes. Okay. But just not too much. <laughs> Attacked by the coffee building. Four? Four. That should do it. Okay. Just cold enough. There we go. Alright. And we'll, we might have to add more in between to cool it off again yeah, before cool. we blanch the next thing, because I believe the next thing gets blanched too. Alright, so I got my my water heating here. You'll probably almost. Yeah. Almost a little. It's still the rice is still a little soupy. Just needs a little bit more. Yay. Alright, so got my spinach cut up. Next I'm gonna cut up my green onions. Your scallions. Now that you know what they are. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Sorry, this never happens when I know something <laughs> that you don't, so I'm just gonna revel in it. I love green onions. What about you? 
delicious. I, I'm here for basically any kind of thing. Because I'm sure we'll top off. I, I, nope, nope, nope. Onions are bad for dogs. It's a good thing Percy is exhausted, <laughs> exhausted right now. Exhausted. Otherwise, freaked out. You know, if you plant these in some like water, they'll grow back for you. Creepy. Really, really easily. <laughs> but yes, I love I love all kinds of them. And in all forms, too. We're an alumen kind of people. Uh, sauteed, caramelized, raw. I, I like all onions. Some onions I don't like raw. Green onions I love raw. Mm. But like, um, I guess most like yellow onions and like what, the big ones, you know? I don't really care for those raw. I'm really good with it. I don't want to just eat a bowl of them or anything, but like, in, a, in a dip. In I've a, kind of done that. Basically, on a sandwich, please. Put a bunch of green onions in a bunch of cottage cheese with a little salt and pepper, and it's really hey. good. I do like a 50 50 onion. He's top. awoken. Careful with those onions. You're on Percy duty. Like Always. It. My whole life is Percy duty. Let's <laughs> be honest. It's, it's true. Be honest. Alright. Now we got the cucumber. Everything gets julienned in this. From what I could tell. Okay. I even like the smell of onions. Like I know it, oh, it overwhelms people, onion. but I, I love the smell. It, they the regular onions do make me cry like really easily. Sure. Sure. Yum. Cucumber smell. I should have bought you that knife. Oh, at the grocery store. Yeah. I. In addition to having a small kitchen and. I also don't have any of the supplies that we need or the mm-hmm. hardware, cookware that we need really. Well, quite enough pots and, no and pans, pans, but yeah, as far as knives go, yeah. I, it's going to be a very green dish. I know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm, kind of bad. Because you're with veg. There's uh, plenty of garlic and onion. This is looking remarkably like a salad, and it's bumming me out. <laughs> <laughs> Just by looking at it. <laughs> But hey, as has been well established, you put enough garlic on anything, I, I'll eat it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm chopping up our mushrooms. I, I'm, I am weird with mushrooms. I think we've discussed this. I don't really care for them cooked, do you? cooked uh sometimes it depends how big they are yeah. i feel like in some pasta dishes they're appropriate and when they're on top of a steak they're appropriate i'll take them minced if they're cooked but as far as the big slices i feel like for this i am gonna skip it because i don't feel like that video but it was like like a meaty mushroom that gets i like i in most i think all i do like them more finely chopped. I don't want a big chunk of mushroom because they're rubbery. They are. They're better when they're they're spongy when they're not. Yes. But I feel like if we do them too fine, we won't be able to eat them properly. Mm, I don't know about that. Fine. We'll cube them. <laughs> I like it. Everything basically gets tossed in sesame oil with 
some soy sauce, salt, pepper. Mm -hmm. um, note on sesame oil, it burns, like, really it, has a low, um, oh, yes. flash point or whatever. Yes. So whenever we do stuff with it, you do not cook that long. Or you add it, like, at the last second. I see. So, this This is the last thing. Oh, there's a... <laughs> Okay, nothing's coming out. Let's <laughs> struggle We were really just, you know, wrecked by this book. I can't open it. Muscles. But it's just one of the... You gotta oh, pull. It's like a... Yeah. But it... No, maybe... You know, hold on. Muscles. I just broke <gasps> that. No. no, we need that part. <laughs> Ooh, that's gonna be bad. That thing should be coming out though. Like what was pulled up? Just make sure that, that doesn't push down. I don't need to get a grip on it anymore. I always just poke it with a knife. I guess so. Yeah, there's no way to get a grip on it as it is. Be careful. Okay. Did it work? I don't there's a hole in it. Well, I that's see. all that matters, right? It's, it's oil. Like It'll come out. Professionals. We are professionals. Have been, always will be. We really are. Would you assault the water? Pinch? We discussed what the pinch is, you know? I know, but it's hard to pinch this salt because. You put it in one hand, you pinch it with the other, and you toss the rest of it. There you go. And pepper. Garlic salt. Yeah. And I am so not measuring this. More, 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 more. Yeah, you, this thing is just gonna taste like pure garlic. Yay! Onion powder. Then this is a salad that I'm here for. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So you're doing it to each. Just the carrots. I think we'll have enough of the sauce. Okay. And then I have just some oil. In the Why did you do it just to the carrots? Because I feel like they need it. Interesting. That's a really logical explanation. <laughs> that helps me a lot. Thank you. <laughs> in the future, I will apply that to all of my cooking. That's exactly how you go. You say, this feels right, and then you do it. I, see, I don't have that. I don't have that at all. Not well, when it comes to cooking. I don't know any better. You just try enough things, and eventually something sticks. You just want to be it. told what to do. I'm the wrong person to cook with for that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're gonna chop up some. Alright, so you are going to need this bad boy. I don't even know what that's called. A slatted spoon? No. It's not slatted though. No. It's dot. It's whole. Holy spoon. A holy spoon. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with this? Why am I holding right, this? You're going to use it in a moment. I'm going to put the stuff in the boiling water, and then you are going to scoop it out and put it in the not boiling water, and then... This is not boiling water. That is not boiling water. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> and then right after that, we're going to take it and put it back in its nice little bowl, and it'll take up like a quarter of that space. As it gets really tiny when it's blanched. And then the sauce for this. And we ended up finding a sauce that's basically pre-made. But it is 
you mix a bunch of Korean chili pepper paste with a little bit of sugar, a little bit of sesame oil, and then you water it down until it's the consistency you want. And we just happened to find a pre-made one that Katie liked because it has a goat on it. It's got a little goat on it, and I thought it was cute. <laughs> so we bought, we bought the pre-made sauce that seemed like it would work. Ready? I think so. I forgot what I was supposed to do already. Okay. I'm gonna put it in. Okay. And then I will hold it over here and you scoop out. Okay, how fast is this gonna happen? How? <laughs> it's like a minute in the water. In the okay, middle. so you're putting the spinach. So spinach is going in the boiling water. Are you putting everything in? Just the spinach? All the spinach. Yeah, just, yeah, just the spinach. The other stuff gets sauteed. Okay, so it's in. Nice boiling water. These are the stems, so I'm not terribly worried about them getting mushy. I don't like sauteed stuff. Spinach, I think it's just mush. I don't, I don't like, like anything blanching. that's mushy. It's blanching, blanching. Yeah, hard pass. Definitely me. smells like spinach. What are you doing first? Residue. You know how it is. If there's any type of residue, Weird the boy will find it. He doesn't need his own food, but he'll find it. Right, bud? Hi, bud. Hi. Alrighty. Okay, so how long was it? Like 30 seconds? If, even if that? I don't know. Well, we should tell them. Were you counting out? Wasn't <laughs> I'd say that was about 30 seconds. It's because I'm afraid of it be too much mush. I'm going to scoop it into the cold water. Okay. Don't worry about the hot water coming with. I'll be fine. No, I don't want to burn Percy. They don't get it all. They don't get it all. Okay, the fuck was that? <laughs> it's haunted. Haunted kitchen. I'd watch that cooking show. Imagine <laughs> haunted. <laughs> just the ghosts are just throwing things around as you're it's trying like to cook. Kitchen, but like with haunted aspects. <laughs> the spirits are. <laughs> Alright, now into this bad boy. Oh, that was like ten yeah. seconds. Yeah, I just need to like. It okay. just stops it from cooking. I just didn't know it was. Did you know it was this fast? Honestly, I probably should have cooked them longer, but I really don't like mushy. Understood. Who does? Weirdos. Leave us a comment if you like mushy things. <laughs> we're both very We want to hear from you. Texture eaters. Now we're going to saute carrots and shallots. Don't you forget those uh, rice. Otherwise, it's really just like a simple dressed meat. It's supposed to be pretty quick. This dish was mentioned in the book, wasn't it? No, they discussed... Where was the other one? Gimbap, I think, which is essentially That's like right. Korean sushi rolls. Right, and they were just... Well, some sushi is wrapped in seaweed, but I remember when I looked it up, those specifically were or, yeah. wrapped in um, seaweed. The other reason we are not doing meat with this one is because we are also recording the other one after this, and you and I cannot eat that much food, even though we would uh, try. I don't know about that. We would try. No, that was it that wasn't hot enough. <laughs> okay. No sizzle. Slow burn. <laughs> you didn't even cut these little. Oh my god, I'm on plate today. It happens. It happens. It doesn't. Uh. <laughs> 
the ant first. Because it's hot. You blame the heat. Ant first. I blame the heat. Well, it's kind of out of my... I don't... I don't think I've ever, like, fully cooked Korean dish before. Not that this isn't, like... It's pretty similar to other dishes, but... I was gonna say, other than, like, it kind of reminds me of ramen. Although, like, I, obviously, there's there's no noodles, there's rice mm-hmm. instead, but, you know, you can get, like, a bowl and you have all the different mm-hmm. stuff on top. Basically. There's a sauce, there's a... I guess this is a broth and a sauce, but... Yeah. Oh, ramen's delicious. Ramen is delicious. We should get ramen. See, we could eat more. <laughs> but that's because we haven't eaten yet. I mean, I we know. kind of had lunch. Aww. We couldn't even finish breakfast. Breakfast is hard. I'm never as hungry as I think I am at breakfast. Right. Good yeah, boy. We're starting to get a sizzle. Sounds good. See that onion smell? I love it. Then I'll just like take onion out of the pan and just eat it straight. What I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Alrighty. Now we do have this sesame oil in here, so this might go a little bit carrots either. No. We don't want to burn the sesame oil because that tastes awful. It tastes really bad. Mm. How about that rice though? The rice-ster. What a, what a hero of our story. <laughs> so a little olive oil and then we're going to fry our egg and then assemble. Woohoo! So do it. This oil heat it up. I think so. They're orange. Get in here. Very nice. Okay. Eggs. Eggs. Yeah, right. <laughs> Always make sure you don't put melty stuff on hot. <laughs> it doesn't end well. Alright, so I'm gonna crack an egg for each of us. Start them cooking, and then while those are frying, I'm gonna start assembling so they can come off and go straight on. All right, so we got our rice in the middle. I'm sure, if I was super professional, I'd have like a rice mold or something. Ooh, presentation, presentation. Forget our sprouts.
definitely smells good. It does smell good. So we got the rice on the bottom. I surrounded it with all the sides. And then two eggs will go on top, sprinkle it with some sprouts and our seasoning, and then we give it a go. Sure. You open the seasoning. We're good. Okay. It's open. Yes. We're good. <laughs> it is open. <laughs> Got it. Spicy chilies. Ooh, there's soybean paste in here. That's like our yeah. soybean we never mm-hmm. found our sprouts. But there it is. Hint of garlic. Let's do more than a hint. You know, soy sauce has soybean. I know. Missing. We got yeah. more soy. We got extra soy. Yeah. Good. Okay. Are you throwing those away? Throw yeah. Away. <laughs> I just didn't want to throw them when they were like hot, hot. Goodbye. Goodbye, failed eggs. I want to look on their crunchy. Mm-hmm. He likes crunchy. Ooh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> there it is. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You were too busy whooping at the window. You missed out on a piece of egg. Way to go, Dumbo! <laughs> Dumbo. Slowly flipping the eggs. Not breaking Wait, I yet. thought you you flip. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not breaking yet. Not yes. Do it. And the other one, yeah, that one. Because then the yolk breaks and it's nice and warm and it mixes with the sauce mm, and it's, it's delicious. So good. <laughs> Any sauce that uses, like, warm egg yolk, it's just... I completely agree. Um, so good. I love it. I'm here for it, Ben. <laughs> Here for it, no doubt. We don't really talk about ourselves this episode. Because hmm. we were so shell shocked by the book. It's like talking about yourself doesn't seem appropriate. Uh, it just doesn't seem important anymore. Yeah. You know, when you compare it. Perspective. Perspective. That's. Wow. Was there ever? Was there ever? Big fork or little fork? Girl. Big fork. I think we have medium fork. I need to get you some. Every time I come here, you're just gonna get slightly better supplies. What's wrong with my fork? Cause it's just silverware. They're half plastic. Who cares? Does that? How does it improve your eating experience? I recommend you listen to the very first episode <laughs> of um, Gastropod, and they will discuss utensils and everything about them. Sucky fork. What is actually a little? I don't know what's all this one. That was a little jiggly still in the. There's a real art to the cook it well enough that it's only the middle that's not. Right. It's kind of appropriate. Uh, it's just it's kind of appropriate for the book. It's a weird thing. Sauce. 
pictures. All right. Grab your fork. My subpar fork. Judging my fork. I need to break into the yolks. Okay. Yeah. Mix a little. There it goes. And then I think it's grab a little bit of everything, kind of. I know. I'm like. Carrot. It's tough to get everything at once. Just a little bit. Got too many sprouts in there. Why am I? It's not that hot. Mm. I like the sauce. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. It's pretty good. With a little kick at the end. I like that. Yeah. Mm. It's just spinach. Mm, good mm. onion-y. Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Egg's nice. I'm really liking the... The rice is kind of... Creamy with the yolk in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Mm. That. I like these carrots. The carrots are really good. I don't think I would like this as much. No, neither did I. It's it's a lot of good flavors. It's a lot of good textures. We're eating it family style. Oh, <laughs> dry. But well, not even. We're sharing a giant plate. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I need to find a charger. Wake up. More sauce. No, Go more for sauce. it. I'm not opposed to more sauce. Very good sauce. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, really I just want the carrots, the eggs, and the rice. I am. And the onion. The other vegetables, I'm surprised how much I actually enjoy them. They add the nice crunch. I'm glad we didn't cook them too much. Mm-hmm. Or else we just have, like, mush on mush. You don't want mush on mush. That's I don't not want a good idea. Mush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. No. I agree. I didn't think I would like this. When you were putting all the vegetables in bowls, I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> mm -mm. You're like, this is a salad. What are you doing to me? <laughs> That's a debate with people. Like, what actually constitutes a salad? Mm. He's got fruit salads and pasta salads that really expand the definition and make it very muddy. It's true. I didn't even think about that. Like, a pasta salad's a salad? Is a stew a salad, do? No. Why not? It can be hot salad. It would be a could hot. Are there hot salads? It's a hot salad. Hmm. There's gotta be. Or is it hot? Well, some salads do have hot components. Like sometimes you have like a freshly baked chicken on top or something. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, people really like listening to us chew and talk at the same time. Mm. Of course. We well, really use our table manners. What could be better? <laughs> How else would you want to spend your time on this earth? Listening to strangers eat. Well, there's like a whole thing on YouTube just dedicated to watching other people study, so. What? Yeah. Why? I think the point is to like put it on when you're studying so you like kind of like have that ambience. 
I think it started with COVID and like not being able to be around people. I can't like go to library like you. That never helped me. Seems about study would never help me study. Really? Mm mm. I was a competitive study and we're good. You can't tell if you win though, so there's no point in being competitive. It's just the. Like, I'm gonna read more than you are. I'm gonna learn more than you are. And you don't actually know. Well, see, that's. No, I've lost interest. But it's just like when you're on like a treadmill next to someone else, you don't actually know if you run further or faster. Mm, I've never had that experience. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Would make again. Alright, so I suppose we should tell them a little bit about like what's coming up. Yeah, for sure. So next. Oh, never mind. We still have to make the dessert. (laughs) Oh my god. But it's appropriate. This We did decide this episode would be a bit longer because it did take us so long to read the book and we wanted to take our time with it. It was deserved. It was all deserved and earned. Mm. I love this sauce. With the soy and the sesame. And mm-hmm. The- mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Neither of us thought we were going to devour this. <laughs> no. So I have our yeah, set up in our kitchen. So I have two chairs and there's a blanket between them to keep the sound from like annoying y'all from bouncing off. And Percy's just like nuzzled into it right now in a mm-hmm. little nest. And it's so cute. It's so cute. Don't move. Hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's a cute boy. So oh. annoying, but super cute. So good. We're gonna poop really well tomorrow. That's the spirit. <laughs> or, no, I'm full. Not full, but I'm done. But we know we have more to eat. Mm. Mm. That was good. All right. We did our dishes. We're ready for dessert. <laughs> yeah, we're back. I don't think we've ever done anything that's been two parts or anything that no. has a dessert yet. So that's kind of fun. Right? So we're making song pion. I think so. Yes. Um, so they're a dessert, also known as half moon shaped rice cakes. Um, and we're going to say we are making them wrong. <laughs> Because, again, we could not find the, the proper ingredients, so we are subbing as best we can. And then I got down to the note in her recipe that said the uh, rice flour doesn't work. You have to use the wet rice powder that's sold frozen. But we're going to... It's going to be a hot mess. Maybe. Possibly. Or who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. So these are they're stuffed. So we're going to start with... The filling, which is a third cup of roasted sesame seeds. We are, because of course we can't find that, we are skipping the line a bit and doing tahini. So a third cup, and I'll just get in. basically like peanut butter. Is 
it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The oil on the top. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells to the bottom. Same. It's very pasty. And then we're going to need... Did you grab the honey? I know we got Yes, I do. <laughs> the little bear. Little bear, honey. You can't tell the difference between a little more or a little less than a tablespoon of honey when it comes to sugar. <laughs> and if you can, you have an impressive palate. Leave us a comment about your impressive palate. <laughs> and one and a half tablespoons of regular sugar. Which wow. Is in the same. Well, it's a dessert. I know, it's just a lot of sugar. Pinch of salt. Can you add a pinch of salt for me? Try. Concept's kind of similar. I mean, these are just a steamed dumpling, essentially, that are stuffed. So we have, we decided to go with a naturally um, seasoned and um, colored um, purple dough here. So it's going to be two cups, and if you can find it, frozen rice powder thawed at room temp. We couldn't find it, so we're doing two cups of rice flour, and we're going to do our best. And then two tablespoons of blueberry juice. Two, oh, sorry, four. And that's just like regular room temp. And then we have two tablespoons of the blueberry juice with about a half a cup of blueberries. Um, and they wanted this boiling hot, so we stuck it in the microwave, and the blueberries are supposed to be, like, nicely processed. The doesn't have a processor, so we mushed. Um, I mushed them. But mushed. expertly mushed them. We expertly mushed them. <laughs> With my substandard fork. <laughs> blueberries in. Blueberries are in. Yep. Wrong page. Flip over. So right now I have what looks like a crumble, uh, so we're gonna boil up some water. We're doing bottled water because Patrol's water does not taste good, so I don't want to mess with it. It has radium in it. It does. Fun, right? Yeah. It's not. <laughs> and then we'll keep adding and mixing until we get a dough-like consistency. 
and stretch for quite some time, it looks like. Maybe four or five minutes. Okay. So I'm continuing to mix while she's doing this because otherwise I'm afraid we're not going to get the right consistency. We like to hodgepodge like around here. Yes. Again, I said this was going to be an adaptation. All right. All of it. Just drizzle a little. Then I'll mix and then we'll drizzle some more. Drizzle. Drizzle. Trying to get consistency more. Yeah, the rest. Keep stirring. It's looking better. The color is beautiful. I feel like the color is dead on. <laughs> if anything, we will make things look pretty. <laughs> like, that's for sure. Alright. I can't decide if I just need to knead or if I need more water. How much water? How water? What do you say we added there for trial for those people that are like you and like, would like to know? Um, three-fourths of a cup. Maybe a, maybe a full cup. It wasn't very much. Alright, so I'm feeling like it's moist enough. It just has to be evaporated. So we're going to start kneading. Chrissy wants to help. Right. <laughs> Interesting texture. It's kind of like somewhere between like Play-Doh and sand. Give it a touch. Would you sprinkle some rice flour on top? I feel like this is too sticky and it would fall apart. I imagine we're going for the same kind of like bread, almost a bread dough. Yeah, maybe a full sprinkle and coat it. So I'm not sure what the knead does. I mean, mix, I suppose. But rice flour doesn't have gluten, so we're not like developing gluten. Right. So I assume we're going for a specific texture here that I'm probably going to make it wrong. No, it's right. I have no idea. And that feels better. It's a little bit drier. Because, I mean, if you're steaming something, you don't want it to be too wet. It's just true. It's just going to fall apart. All right, so we have a consistency that <laughs> is somewhere between Play-Doh and sand. Delicious. But we <laughs> added a little bit more um, rice flour so that it's not tacky. But I did say I like to knead for like five minutes, so it must do something. It's their recipe. Nope. If the dough sticks to your hand, it's too wet. Once it's to the right consistency, we cover with plastic 
wrap or a damp towel and let rest for 20 to 30 minutes. And we will pause. We will not be sitting here in silence. We're going to make you sit here with <laughs> us <laughs> in silence. So we're going to do that. I'm going to continue kneading until it's been about five minutes. And then we're going to let it rest for 20 to 30. I'm just going to go ahead and go for the full 30. Um, I'm guessing, uh, this is just my instinct, that since I didn't use the proper one, that the longer rest is going to be helpful. And we'll see you back and tell you what's up. All right. So we let it rest for a half an hour. That's right. And then we formed them. So you take the dough, you pinch off like a, an inch ball. Bolt. Snitch size. Snitch size Snitch ball. size ball. <laughs> and then we kind of like, you cup them in your hand and like finger them in. <laughs> this is strange, very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> we're cupping things, we're pinching things. We're, we're fingering them. We're fingering them. <laughs> What a time. What a time to be alive. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you like press like a thumbprint kind of into yeah. it and kind of hollow, like, you kind know. Kind of hollow it out in the middle so you have mm -hmm. a nice yep. bowl shape. Mm -hmm. Put your filling in um, carefully. Uh, the way we did the filling, it's much runnier than traditional because we don't have, we didn't have sesame seeds to toast and grind, um, right. which is more of like a tasty, crummy mixture, I think, yeah, so um, versus our to... runny, peanut buttery kind of mixture. Um, so you put it in there, and then you pinch them together, and then you awkwardly try to form them without breaking anything. I'm guessing this is the part that she had mentioned um, doesn't go well with <laughs> the, the dough. The rice flour. Because it is a strange texture. It's like both like it was dough it's and sand at the same play time. Play-doughy, but like grainy. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of weird. Delicious. <laughs> just, just what you want in here. So you do that, and then you like you pinch Ooh. them like a uh, ravioli. Ravioli or a raviolo, which You're is a one. single. And we, you make them into look like half moons. Um, we did two different kinds of half moons. We did the really pinchy one, and then I did more of like a like a dough crescent ball crescent. Yeah. yeah. So. We, we did both of those, and we had uh, several failures. <laughs> it was, you know, learning experiences. Yeah, Not yeah. failures. Not <laughs> failures. So then you bring your water to a boil, and we place them on the steamer. I coat it, because I don't have um, one of those uh, bamboo kind of steamers, um, so we have this awkward insert. So I coated it in some olive oil to help keep them from sticking if you're doing them in a more traditional steamer it'll be you use like a, a, a towel or something like that um and that's what they s sit on in the steamer um so <laughs> we've been steam steaming them now for 15 minutes and they got about five minutes left i thought it was going to take us longer to explain and then we're going to take them out um if I, it sounds like usually you actually coat them in pine needles when they're in there, so then you rinse them in water to rinse the pine needles off, but we didn't do the pine needles because I didn't feel like collecting them and bringing them down. <laughs> and I'm not a. F I had enough new flavors with this that I didn't want to overwhelm myself with. Well, I've had pine needle before. Ew, like, I never had like, have, like, I just like teas. Oh, of course. 
And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I suppose they're probably similar, but I wonder what, like, the pines here versus the pines in Korea are like. Interesting. Yeah. Don't know. Making a nice steamy noise, though. It is very steamy. They're looking nice and shiny. They are. We I made sure to make sure they don't touch when they're in there, because otherwise they'll just stick together. Right. Which I'm yeah, sure when we take them out, we'll find out that they decided to touch each other. <laughs> it's very, very sexy, sexy. again. Again, <laughs> I was going to say, woo, here we go. It's steamy. They're touching or fingering things or cupping things. Pinching. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So, you know, after all of this, we needed something to laugh about in this episode, for sure. So, uh, I'm a little nervous about these. I just have a, I don't know. I don't know it's how they're going to taste. I, I feel like. I think I should, like, take it out on, too. Because I'll need to send him. And just water, pretty much. I would Drip think little. so. Right. As long as it's not, nothing's yeah. hot over there. No, these are all cool now. Uh, so we're scared. I'm not scared. I'm scared. I just I feel like they might be gross. I, I don't think there is any ingredient that went in that is like blueberries and sugar. Yes, that is true. I do like blue. Actually, blueberry pie of all the fruit pies. I think blueberry pie is my favorite. I like a mixed berry pie, but I always make it more like a tart. I suppose when I really like it. Hot take. I think berry pies are better than apple pie. Yeah. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, top is, um, I love a pumpkin pie. And then French silk and then berry. And then apple. Uh, pumpkin is lower. I, I think blueberry pie is probably my favorite pie, even though I am a, a chocolate person. For some reason, I like the French silk pie, just not... They're good, but... I don't know. Maybe it's... Have you ever made one? <laughs> Who do you think you're playing <laughs> with right now? So you, Did you forget who I am? A French slot pie is basically pie crust stuffed with frosting. Yeah, I think that's the problem. It's just a little too it's sweet on sweet on sweet. At least with the berry, you get it's my outside of tartness. It's my dad's acidity. favorite pie. I suppose if you actually did like a dark chocolate. See, I would like that better. That might balance out the sugary. You could cut the sugar back a little bit. But you have to balance that with that because you don't want it to like taste the butter. But chocolate, I think, weighs out butter pretty well. Yeah. It's just two more minutes. A little too sweet. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what the <laughs> Oh gosh. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the most delicious thing we ever. We really liked the the entree or it whatever you want to call it, the first. Yeah. Yep. It was good. I mean. So we didn't think. I mean, I think I was going to not like it, but I think it was going to love it. I mean, it. there was nothing in it that I would be like, it'll grow. This I just don't know. <laughs> okay. I think you like each of the ingredients separately. Like your rice. You like rice. You of like course. blueberries. You like honey. You like sugar. And you do like sesame. You've had it on stuff. I know. It seems weird. In a dessert. It's just all combined. I guess that is kind of throwing me, maybe. I, I well, sesame oil, I suppose, would be more prevalent. So they use that instead of the sure. oils we would use. So if you made a super, like, Americanized, it would probably be, like, vegetable oil instead. And probably peanut butter instead of sesame oh, for the filling. 
which is weird. I don't think peanuts actually grow in America, but like that's like one of our like number one cuisines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, twenty minutes. All right, here we go. Here we go. Are you doing a tiny piece? <laughs> it's different. Mm. There's definitely enough sugar in there. A lot of sugar. So, outside doesn't have as much flavor as I would have thought. I don't really taste any blueberry. Although, I think that was more for color than it was for flavor. Uh huh. Not bad. Mm -hmm. mm, soft. It's a little chewy. I'm using my fingers now. It's not that bad. I think it's, it's really not. With the the actual filling, not our like makeshift filling, it's probably a lot better. You can probably get a lot more in there. Mm -hmm. You probably get a better ratio. It's kind of good. Mm -hmm. I don't like the tips. I don't have filling, but the middle's nice. Yeah. I'm impressed. I like it warm. It says you can serve it warm or at room temp. I like the parts where I get oh. a little hint of the salt, which mm -hmm. helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like it. It's definitely mm -hmm. much better than I anticipated. I am pleasantly surprised. Yeah, some pieces of this, like, it kind of tastes like peanut butter. No filling. Mm -hmm. Not that toasted. Yeah. I'm just happy they stuck together. I know! I should just totally fall apart on me. Still hot. <coughs> it doesn't take them long to cool down to a temp where mm. you can eat them nice. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Very filling from the rice. Ooh, yeah. I can't eat any more. That was a lot. It's good. I definitely recommend the warm. I like the like the warm gooey yeah. middle. Mm-hmm. I like melted sugar and yeah. okay. Very successful, especially for our first time. And not having the right ingredients and making it up. <laughs> not having the right ingredients, not having the right tools. <laughs> we definitely don't have like the steamer. And imagine if we did. Actually have, like blueberry chunks. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Do you have shout outs? No. No show. It's not a day for shows. We can talk about it. What about next month? Next month we are reading. Spells like I have race stuff, maybe. <laughs> that is not what it's called. <laughs> I would read that, though. <laughs> oh my god, what's it called? Spells like a thank you. <laughs> by Sebastian Sebastian DeCastle. De yep. Yep. Going back to fantasy, we yep. we had an, 
COVID. <laughs> have enough of the the real world right for, for now in our in our reading. So going going for spell slinger. So if you're reading along with us, please please read. Mm-hmm. Please go get it. Join in. Find us on social media. I'll try and post pictures of our lovely creations. <laughs> Drop us a comment. Leave us a question. Review. Thought. Anything you got. On instant Twitter. Also, thanks to whoever is listening. We have like almost 40 downloads, which already just kind of like blows our mind. <laughs> That's true. What are you guys doing? <laughs> There's a lot of book nerds out there. It's incredible. We're... We're happy to be with you. <laughs> Give you any kind of entertainment. So awesome. Everybody, take care. Uh, happier, happier episode next time. Yep. Yeah, it's time to just good luck in your life.